Yes, yes, yes. You know the vibes, man. It's going down today on 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore. Podcast live from the NYC. 99 Pod is a place to be. And believe it is today because it's going down. We got awards that be giving out. Our 99 Pod Awards. That's why you see brothers out here looking sharp. Because we're going to make it do what it do. Okay, we got awards. We talking about MVP. We talking about coach of the year. We talking about offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, you know, non-quarterback MVPs. We got it all. We got more. And we got some bonus awards at the end of the show. That's going down. NBA. Did I say NBA? Oh, yeah, I did. Because things went down yesterday that we got to start off and talk about on this very damn show. Man. When I tell you, once again, it's going down. Believe me, you. It is. So like, subscribe to the channel to be notified of any and of plenty content that we have coming your way. Live shows like this one is going to be fun. So let it be written. So let it be done. Lil Shadamas on the mic. Let's get it. Once again, as you see at the bottom of your screen, like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. I'm going to start off with my guy, Good Vibes by Zay. What's going on? Hey, man, listen, I just want to say one quick thing. This New York-Philly thing is embarrassing. The fact that we had the Empire State Building green and white to represent the Eagles. The fact that they had an Eagles chant at the New York Knicks game when they were down 21 in the first quarter. Absolutely ridiculous. Where's the pride? That's one thing the New York New Yorkers talk more. Where's the pride? Where's the ego? Where the, why the hell are we over here chanting our division rivals' name, uh, the, the rivals of Philly? Like, New Yorkers do not like Philly. But that's the thing. We, we, we're a tri-state area. We don't understand the, the rivalry already there. But New York teams are not supposed to respect and love these Philadelphia teams. When did that become a thing? This is getting too soft and too soft of an error to just be representing your division rivals teams. That's ridiculous. But besides that, I'm always in paradise. I can't complain. Life is good. Life is grand. You see the sun is shining. And it's going to be a great show today. 99 Pond is definitely not 1999 anymore. And we're going to talk more about the sports, more about the topics later today Um, in a few moments. And um, listen, there's going to be a loaded show. It's going to be locked and loaded. I'm already jittery. Just ready to talk about these next couple topics. So, Coach, talk to us. Man, feeling great, man. Happy Monday to, you know, happy Monday to you both. You know, it's been a crazy 48 hours, man. Crazy 48 hours. Like, I totally forgot that the Pro Bowl was on yesterday. That's how much I was so in tune to, you know, the blockbuster trade that happened yesterday. But, you know, I don't want to say too much. I'm going to let the real Lil do his thing. Go ahead, buddy. 
I appreciate that, Coach. And believe me, you, I don't know why the hell New York fans are out here chanting for Philly. You know, I really do agree with Zay here. You know, we off to a good start. I agree with him off the rip. Okay? <laughs> we are getting soft about a day. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that vaccine that's making everybody soft, but we are getting soft about the day. Okay? And normally, we are rugged. We are ride or dies. And now we should be getting that smoke. Unfortunately, Cuzzo ain't here to deliver the ride or die smoke. But Cuzzo, you know, we know you're going to be on the next show. We can't wait for your presence. But we got a present for y'all right now. A blockbuster deal. I am the real Lil. It's going down right now. Okay, not in Bucktown. In Dallas. Reactions to the Kyrie trade. We're going to give those right now. Who won the deal between the Nets and the Mavericks? And Zay, you jittery. You ready to go? The mic is yours. You know, um, Joe Sy is looking very much like the James Dolan that everyone complains about. The bad trades after bad trades after bad trades, he allows these GMs to make. Um, the Kyrie Irving trade, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick in 2029, two second-round picks, I believe, in 2029. Um, that's not a good deal for Kyrie Irving, a guy who just made an all-star appearance, a guy who's been on an all-NBA team multiple years in a row, a guy who won an NBA championship, and you're giving him up for nothing. Um, personally, I feel like the Dallas Mavericks won the trade um, because the Nets uh, a few years back didn't want to pay Spencer Dinwiddie, and you just traded back for him the, the amount of money he got paid, way more than what you was going to give him, and you just took him back on your roster for what? You added Dorian Finney-Smith when you have all these forwards, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, for what? It, it doesn't make any sense. Where is he going to fit in on his rotation? Where is he going to fit for his roster moving down the line? Dorian Finney-Smith is a great role player. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it confused. But he doesn't fit on the roster because you already have too many damn forwards. And then on top of that, where is Cam, Tom Cam Thomas going to play? A guy just scored 44 points. The guy came in the other day, scored 20 points in 15 minutes. When is he going to get shot to play? The trade does not make any sense. There's reports that came out that said Joe Sy's um, main objective was to make sure Kyrie Irving doesn't go to a team of his choosing. Why? What, what kind of, what type of petty game are you playing here? You could have got Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard and a first-round pick from the, um, the Clippers. You could have got Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and first-round picks from the Suns. You could have got Westbrook, Austin Reeves, Max Christie, Two first-round picks from the Lakers. But he said, no, I'm going to send him to Dallas because, I you know, he probably doesn't want to go to Dallas. He's probably not going to want to feel comfortable playing next to Luka Doncic. You look foolish. You look like a fool. You give up your future. You give up all your draft picks to go after James Harden. Then the trio doesn't do anything. And then on top of that, you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, who hasn't played for a year. And then on top of that, Ben Simmons don't play good at all. And then on top of that, you trade Kyrie Irving for yes. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick in 2029, and a first-round pick in 20, a second-round pick in 2029. That what are you doing? You dismantled everything the Brooklyn Nets were doing and built up with Kenny Atkinson, D'Lo, and all them boys with all your draft picks, and dismantled it to not even get to an Eastern Conference Finals. You know, I, we was going to talk about this later on, but congratulations, you played yourself. That is terrible. It does not make any damn sense that. Joe Sy is allowing this circus to continue to go. And now I'm just like, what? what's next? So my personal opinion, I feel like the Dallas Mavericks won this trade because the Nets did not get any better. They had championship aspirations. That window was closed. Matter of fact, the house is foreclosed that the window was opening. They were not even in that same house anymore. They had to move out. So I personally believe the Mavericks stole Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets.
Coach, you up. Woo, man. You know, just want to honor my boy Kyrie real quick. Feel me? I'm gonna miss you, big bro. Gonna miss you. Um, before I say, before I answer who won this trade, I just want to say I did not see this trade coming. I was completely blindsided by this trade. When Kyrie Irving requested this trade um on Friday, I believe, I just thought that he was trying to bait them into giving him that contract extension that he asked for. And 48 hours later, I see that he got traded to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finley-Smith, and, you know, a couple of draft picks. Uh, to answer this question, I just think that the Nets win this trade. Uh, I'm going to tell you why I say that. Um, the Nets, they got back Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy, you know, he's durable. You know, he's not, he's not injury prone like Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie Irving missed over 180, 188 games with the Nets. I believe that Spencer Dinwiddie will give that presence in terms of um, durability. Um, Dorian Finley-Smith, how he fits into the system, I just think he's going to be more of a 3 and D guy, pretty much like a role player, like Zay said. He's a, he's a pretty decent role player. I think that he could contribute. Um, I just think, you know, he will stick with the team. I just think, however, in terms of with the Nets, they're going to trade some assets around. So I believe that he's, he's going to fit in right in with no problem. Um, I just felt like Kyrie, he's going to be in a effed up situation. And what do I mean about that? He's going to a situation where you have this guy in Luka Doncic that have the ball in his hands 95% of the time. And Kyrie Irving wants the ball in his hand too. I don't see how's that going to work at all. Um, I believe that Kyrie Irving will behave in his first few months in Dallas. But once when once when things don't go his way, I just think he's he's pretty much going to show his colors. So it's going to come to a point. Mark Cuban, you played yourself, big homie. Everybody playing themselves today, I see. Right off the rip. I mean, we're going to get into to that award later on. That's our bonus, you know, award today on 99 Pod. But let me begin, right? Joe Sai, Sai. Let me sigh here. I'm going to come <laughs> back to that later on. You know, I'm going to come back to this trade and who won the trade. I have a reaction to give when we got the news that Kyrie Irving requested a trade we did not record on Friday you know as one would say I was living my best life okay I, I was at the weigh-in Amanda Serrano okay I went to the movies and while I'm in the movie theater I get out that's when I got the the Woge bomb you know and um I saw one of them um spy balloons in the air at the same time that was another bomb Psh, we getting all sorts of bombs here World <laughs> War three is here anyway let me begin here I think a lot of people is upset at Kyrie Irving. I'm seeing a lot of Kyrie Irving backlash right now. But I think in reality, I'm going to get real philosophical and real broad here before I come back within. I think a lot of people, they need to deflect that anger towards the commissioner, Adam Silver. Because when you talk about Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is only using the player empowerment that was granted to him by the NBA. Okay? We have to realize that for a second. When he requested a trade from Cleveland back then, that was the right that he got. That was the opportunity he was able to, to do. You know, um, if we was in the NFL, none of this would be happening. Kyrie Irving would not be able to request trades. Better yet, two trades in back-to-back -back years, James Harden did. Okay, none of that is happening in the NFL. That's for one. Number two, none of that is happening with David Stern. You know how many <laughs> trades David Stern blocked? You know how many, you know, things he did? A lot of people talk about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, right? People don't even do their research. Colin Kaepernick wasn't the first person to take a knee. The first person who 
boycotted the national anthem was Mob Dude Abdul in the NBA, was known as the best shooter in the world at the time. And that happened in the NBA under David Stern. He was blackballed as well. Do your research, y'all. So I say that to say that now under Adam Silver, players have a level of power. It's called player empowerment where they can exercise their future and how they want their future to play out. Kyrie Irving only exercised it. Last year when everybody was pissed off about him not playing because he didn't want to take the vaccine, screw you, Kyrie, you a bad teammate. Why are we criticizing him? You think that would happen in the NFL? No, it didn't happen in the NFL. Claire, that's your example. But it happened in the NBA because Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Superstars get superstar treatment. So if we want to be mad at somebody, forget the politics. Politics aside, be mad at Adam Silver. Okay? And another thing, too. Listen, I know y'all seeing these people drop like flies. Don't, don't make me get real philosophical here and real political here. I know y'all seeing them people dropping like flies. I know y'all seeing 15 and 16-year-olds, okay, having cardiac arrest. And tell me that's normal. Tell me that's normal. So we only a few years from Kyrie Irving actually looking like a hero. So weather the storm, you shall lead to greater pastures. We'll wait. But nevertheless, who won the trade? Who won the trade was, I agree with Zay. It was the Dallas Mavericks. They won the trade. It was a robbery with no gun. Look, okay. You have two elite scorers in Luka and Kyrie Irving that can break down a defense. What these two guys can do is literally break a defense down, okay, because of all the gravity that's pulled on one side. Now you got Kyrie Irving, who could play off ball and shoot a lot more threes. That's going to be deadly from over there, all right? I don't know defensively how they're going to look. It's a little suspect to me, but that's why you have this trade deadline to make moves. Number two, Kyrie Irving, back to my point. I'm not mad at him for saying, listen, give me my money or I'm out. He's an all-star starter the last time I checked over guys like John Morant and Jalen Brown in a loaded all-star studded Eastern Conference. He's a starter, not a bench player. Let that marinate. So for anybody that's tripping, oh, why he want that money, this what happened in the past. I don't care about the past. What happened right now? Hey, now, you're an all-star. He is one. A starter, to be exact. Over guys like John Morant, who John Thinkamega came out and said, it's harder to guard Kyrie Irving than John Morant. I got the receipts. Y'all better come prepared with me today, Jack. Okay? So, as I tone it down, the Mavericks won the trade. They needed to make a trade. Luka needs help. And does this come with risk? Sure. Everything you do in life comes with risk. Okay? But you rather deal with the risk and see if you can reap the benefits at the end. I'm going Mavs. You know, um... The Nets are in a position where it's it's, it's a very bad territory to be in. Um, they are in a, in a territory of they're not they don't know if they're contending for a championship. They don't know if they're contending for a playoff. You left KD by himself now. When you acquired Kyrie initially, it was him and Kyrie, and you had this team around them. You traded all them assets and got James Harden, and you are now in a territory where there's nothing you can do. And fix with this rotation. Um, KD, when he comes back, he's gonna be healthy, but he's gonna be by himself. He's gonna be the lone star on this basketball team. These guys, they have role players around them, but KD is not gonna want to stay there in a, in the hopes of them acquiring another star player because they already acquired two of the greatest scorers that the league has seen in this era: Kyrie and, and James Harden. Both ask for trades out of there. 
before KD asked for a trade in this offseason. There's no clear direction where this team wants to go. That is the problem. They don't want to build. They don't want to compete right away. They don't know what they want to do. They don't understand that the role players that they have are essential to win a championship. They want star players, and they believe the star players are going to take them to the promised land. There's only certain instances where the star players really take you and, and gravitate you to a championship. Miami Heat being one of them, Boston Celtics being another. There's only a handful of instances when things in that nature happen. They built this super team, one of arguably the best super team the NBA has ever seen in Kyrie, James Harden, and KD, and couldn't get to an Eastern Conference Finals. That is horrifying to even talk about. One of the worst, if not the worst, trios to not accomplish anything in NBA history. That is something the Nets have to face, and Joe Sy needs to take accountability for because it is his fault the Nets are not winning and going further. It is his fault they hired Steve Nash opposed to getting a veteran head coach, and then they're in, and they're in limbo and trying to get this team into a great place. The Kyrie Irving trade was bound to happen because he didn't get paid this offseason. He wanted his money. He wanted that max deal. He said, all right, we could prolong it. We could wait until the season and see what happens. And then the anti-Semitic um, remarks happened with, regarding him getting um, suspended for all those games. And then on top of that, he's playing like an all-star when he's back. He was playing like the Nets needed him. Like the Nets needed him. He was the X factor the entire time, if we're not going to we're gonna be honest. He was the reason the Nets were doing what they needed to do and winning those games. He was the guy on that team that they needed. And they didn't want to pay him like that. They wanted to say, oh, well, win a championship and you'll get an extra 30, 40 million. You'll get the max deal. Like, no, that's not how it works. I'm needed on your team for success. Once I'm gone, there's, there is no success on the Nets because you, there's no one reliable to stay on the floor to win these games. This is my issue. The Nets didn't acquire people that's going to equal success. They acquired more role players. KD doesn't want to play with more role players. He wants to play with star players. And it's going to be a matter of time. KD looks at this roster and goes, maybe I don't come back this season. Maybe I prolong coming back. Maybe I actually trade out because clearly you're not looking out for my best interest, which is winning championships. All you're looking out for is trying to win this petty game with players. Don't that doesn't make any damn sense. Joe Side really needs to take accountability and apologize to the Brooklyn faithful for ruining the Nets chances of winning a championship. I would say this, um, coach, before you get in here, I'm going to pass it over to you in a second. I would say when you talk about the Nets, I thought me personally, I'm not sure if the contract had anything to do with it. Maybe it did with Christian Wood, but um, they definitely need that front court help alongside Nick Claxton depth. And I thought that being able to trade for Christian Wood and Spencer Dirty and Dorian Finney-Smith, they would have won the trade that way because they got what they needed. Obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie is a solid player, but he cannot fill that role by himself of replacing Kyrie Irving, right? So you would have got you that guy, you would have got you Dorian Finney-Smith, 3 and D, and you would have got you that front court guy that you need, a guy that's able to space the floor and play alongside Ben Simmons as well and give Nicholas Claxton some help. So when you reflect back to our early statements about how soft New York is becoming, look no further than the Nets and Josiah. <laughs> How the hell you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons and don't get Maxine a deal? Okay, that's one. This year, how the hell you trade for a guy that you let go and don't get back Christian Wood? These are the things I'm talking about. How the hell you making this trade on Sunday? The deadline ain't till Thursday. 
You could have waited to get the better deal. Even if you like the deal, leave that deal on the table. It's not going nowhere. Leave that deal on the table. See if somebody gets desperate enough to up their offer. But no, you want it to be spiteful. And my mama always told me, never be spiteful to the point where you cut off your own face. And Joe Sai just did just that. I think I think me personally, what's next for the Nets is they need to, you know, flip, you know, flip some guys around, you know, with KD still being out due to his injury. I just think, you know, Sean Marks, Joe Tice, you know, use them picks, you know, move some guys that are not pretty much non, you know, non-contributors to the team, move them around. Um, feel me like look like look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture, you know, get rid of Patty, in my opinion, get rid of Joe Harris. Um I'll definitely put Ben in the mix too to kind of move him around, trying to trying to see if you get something out of it, in, in my opinion. Like, you know, do something like to make sure that this team stays contenders in the East. Because if not, we're gonna end up being the laughing stock of New York. Not the Knicks anymore. The Nets will be the next laughing stock in New York, respectfully. They are in the life of stock in New York right now, if I'm being legitimately honest with you. Say, I'll say this real quickly here, then I'll pass it to you to bring us home officially on this topic. You know, I think for me, the Nets have to rebuild, and they have to embrace that rebuilding mindset. Okay, I understand everybody wants to compete, but you had your opportunities. You blew it. That window is closed. That ship has sailed. It's time to fully embrace getting rid of KD and trying to build something back up, tear it down to build it back up. Because it's crazy. You tore it down when you did that, you know, trade for the big three, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, whatever. And y'all y'all burned it to the ground. Y'all built it back up, and now y'all burning things to the ground again. So you have to deal with that process of doing that again. Maybe you hire Kenny Atkinson back to do that again. Maybe you just go ahead and do that. I understand Jack Vaughn is a good coach, and he's, you know, he's showing his stripes. But maybe you call Kenny Atkinson and see if the bridge is not burned to bring him back to build up what you don't burn down again. Um, the problem is Ben Simmons is not playing up to an all-star level caliber player. That's the problem. If Ben Simmons was playing like an all-star, then you could have a big two. And then you'd be like, all right, we can flex some of the assets we have to get some quality plays that can contribute to the team. Then you'll be fine. You can still compete with KD there. But the fact of the matter is Ben Simmons has not stepped up his game. And Cuzzle made a very good point when we was debating about Ben Simmons and if he's holding the team back, he's stopping them or he was stopping them from becoming a super team. Now he's stopping them from becoming a dynamic duo team. You know, when you have your Jalen Browns and your Tatums, your Chris Middletons and your Giannis, you know, your Joel Embiid's and your Hardens, you don't have a Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. What's that? Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, huh? No. So you have to fully embrace the full rebuild and um see what you can get for KD because I'm pretty sure you can get a lot for him. You know, the Nets, I mean, y'all both made excellent points. You know, I think y'all both hit it on the nail. Um, The only thing I disagree with is Jacques Vaughn. I think they should sign him back because he they don't have – he's not the reason for the Nets, you know, no, just – being deplorable with their players and just leaving them. Um, there's no loyalty with this front office. Um, they, they get they get rid of guys quickly. They say one thing and then and then say something else completely opposite the next. Um, guy players are starting to feel the distrust. Cam Thomas is one of them. He don't really like nobody in the Nets front office nor the coaching staff. Um, but I think Jacques Vaughn he's done a great job talking to the players, getting the young players going, allowing guys like Cam Thomas to come in, get max minutes to play. Um, I think right now you just gotta go with the youth movement. Um, they already botched the um the trade market. Um, they already they were the first trade in trade before trade deadline, and they already botched it by trading Kyrie Irving for peanuts. So now 
OG guys like OG Ananobi that the Raptors are talking about. Yeah, we want multiple first round picks for maybe goes for way less because if Kyrie Irving goes off the market for way cheaper than what other people anticipated, then who's gonna pay OG no on paper um a top dollar for OG Ananobi? Who's gonna pay top dollar for Van Vliet, Siakam, those guys in that nature that's on the trading block? Um, but I say that the Nets they gotta move KD, get as much assets back as possible. Um, young players, draft picks. Um, you start with the youth movement. You got Nicholas Claxton there, who's um playing really well. You got Cam Thomas, who's able to score a bucket at any given time. You allow contracts like Joe Harris and Seth Curry to play its course because there's no one that's going to really be out there to trade for them unless you're going to trade them to a championship contender so you get some picks back for them. Um, You have to rebuild, and that's the problem with the Nets. The Nets are very similar to the Knicks. They do not want to develop guys. They, they, do, not, they do not want to um, – Rebuild, they just want to go straight for championships, go straight for chips, nothing more, nothing less. And that is the disgusting nature of New York sports, where we do not want to build up and build a a strong foundation. We just want to trade for other people's foundation. We want to trade for other people's cornerstones and try to build this home. And when it falls apart, we're like, damn, they give us um, bad goods. They give us um, false narratives. They give us um, damaged goods. Like, no, you're rushing the process. You're supposed to build up and build something here. The Nets had the opportunity to build something here. They had the culture. KD said it. We came in for the culture. And when KD came in, the culture was dismantled. Because once KD goes anywhere, everyone automatically wants to try to get championships. Automatically wants to destroy everything that they have to get KD what he needs. Oh, you want James Harden? No problem. Yeah, let's bring in James Harden. Oh, yeah. James Harden work? Oh, yeah. We'll bring in Ben Simmons. He was uh, on All-NBA team uh, two years ago. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And that is what's nasty. For right now, what's next for the Nets? is to try to uh, mitigate the damage already done and trade KD for assets, trade players for draft picks, get these young players back in a row, and hopefully you find a gem. Nick Claxton's playing really well right now. I think maybe you found something within Nick Claxton where he could become serviceable, maybe an all-star down the line, possibly. He's still very young, but don't do him like you did Jared Allen. Don't just <laughs> trade him the way you trade the, the, the Jared Allen and just move, him on, move on from him. Build on keep them on, and sign these guys because you have talent there, but you're not willing to use them. Absolutely. When Cam Thomas is not getting the minutes he deserves, I mean, he dropped 44 points. Hopefully, with the departure of Kyrie Irving, he could get himself some more minutes because clearly he's a certified bucket, and that's what you want, somebody that's able to get buckets, somebody that can go alongside KD and be able to score the basketball and put the ball through the rack. So we'll see what happens with the Nets. We spent about a half hour talking about them. I'm ready to move on right now. To the subtopic that we have here, you briefly talked about OG Ananobi. We might as well focus in on him right now. Could OG Ananobi put a team over the top, okay, as the NBA trade deadline approaches? And, um, yeah, whoever wants to crack at it first, by all means. I mean, I'll talk briefly about it because OG Ananobi has been rumored to go on multiple teams. Um, we got teams like Milwaukee Bucks. We got teams like the Knicks. We got teams like Miami. Um, you know, a lot of Eastern Conference teams, then the Western Conference, you know, he could go to Memphis and the Pelicans. I think, you know, there's one team in particular um, that he puts over the top, and I believe that's the Memphis Grizzlies with him going over there. I think it would take uh, a bevy of young players like Zaire Williams, um, Brandon Clark, uh, Tyus Jones, uh, Dylan Brooks kind of thing, uh, package. Not all four of them, but, you know, a, a mix of two or three players, two whatever, for OG Nanobi to go over to Toronto. Um, you know, OG Ananobi on Memphis will make him dynamic. You have John Morant, Desmond Bain, um, OG Ananobi, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., and I'm forgetting who the hell plays that power forward position. 
But you know that not that, clock, I think, right? No, it's I, not clock. I think I think it's Adams and and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that's what it is. That's their that's their four. But um, that that team will be very very um lengthy. They have they have a lot of defenders. They will be top top defending team and probably the NBA if if not a lot alone the Western Conference. Um, it will be very dynamic to see that team. I think he puts them over the top because he gives them that wing defender that will be able to to stay in front of any uh dynamic player on the Western Conference. It allows Desmond Bain to play more off ball and, and score the basket. It allows John Moran to continue doing what he's doing. Less pressure on defense it means more offense for that Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, OG Ananobi and any other team, in my opinion, I don't think he puts them over the top. I think any team he goes to the Eastern Conference, you still got to deal with the Boston Celtics, still got to deal with the Cavaliers. There's a lot of teams you still got to deal with in that Eastern Conference if he goes over there. So I think the Raptors are focusing on trading him into the Western Conference opposed to trading him within their own conference. I think just because of uh, competitiveness uh, factor, you don't want to trade guys that you want to you're going to see four times a year. Um, and I think that's what's going to be happening there. Um, OG Danobi is a really great player. Um, he's injury prone though. He played 40 games his first 40 to 50 games his first two seasons in a league. And this year he's, you know, he's been healthy, but that his track record says he's now he's bound to get another injury bug sooner than later. Um, he's a, he's a guy with a lot of talent, but do you want to leverage a future, um, future draft picks, future players, um, in, in, in order to get him on your team? That's the real question. A guy who doesn't show that he's able to stay on the basketball court. I think he does put your team over the top, uh, a team over the top who's already at the hill, not a team that's at the bottom trying to climb their way to the top. I think he puts a team that's already at the hill, and then he puts he places them there as the holder. Um, so I think the teams that you would have to focus in on, Memphis, Bucks, um, even the Cavaliers possibly if they have a package, Good enough to get to go after a guy like OJ Anobi. It's a shame that the Mavericks don't have any assets to acquire OJ Anobi because that would be what I would look to. I mean, their defense right now on paper is looking suspect. That would be a guy that you can plug in and play alongside Kyrie Irving and Luca the Don. But um, the assets, if the Raptors really want what they want, the Mavericks are out. <laughs> okay, they're out of the picture. I'm gonna say yes, depending basically an extension of what you said. You know, it depends on the team and depends on the roster. And if they're already a contender right now, then yes. But if they're not and you're just looking to get out the first round, then no. But it will still improve your team. And that's where the Knicks come in. Because um, we need improvements. We need other players that can be able to help shoulder the load away from, you know, guys like Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. All right. So basically, right, when you look at the Raptors, they are looking for that Woody Gobert deal, right? That five picks, five plays where, um, you know, you look at the Timberwolves right now, they're the same seed, okay? That's how much Woody Gobert went for. Five picks and five plays. They're the seventh seed. Same seed they were last year, okay? <laughs> Crazy. Now, that kind of gave a threshold for the Raptors to bargain, but Zay made a very good point about the Kyrie Irving deal and how that might simmer down that little package there of three first-round picks that they want. Now they're talking about plays. They want young plays. So, there's a whole lot of rumors and speculation here. But I think for me, if you're the Knicks, you need to go out there. You need to get OG Ananobi. You know, I, I really looked at it from both sides. You know, the right, the wrong, the plus and the minus. But I think all in all, I came away with a lot of plus. Okay? I don't think it would hurt the team. For an example, you're going to be starting. That means Quentin Grimes is going to the bench. That means you are sacrificing some of that floor spacing on the floor. But... We are more of a slashing team anyway. We are more of a pound you in the paint type of team anyway. That's just our motto. When everybody's shooting threes, we are getting hard physical, you know, baskets and shots and getting to the line. That's kind of our style. 
Um, but think about the amount of space having Quentin Gimes coming off the bench, how that will open up things for Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench in that second unit. So I don't really think it's a bad thing. I actually think it will help the second unit, which is our problem on the team too, that second unit. So I think that can help us out. You know, he's a lockdown defender, six seven. You know, long wingspan, 3 and D, could create off the dribble. Um, he could defend the perimeter oppositional player, um, shut him down, guard all five positions. That's a guy that can help us out. So if you're the Knicks, you need to do what it is to help your team, okay? Like I said, I'm not satisfied with just getting to the playing game, maybe getting to the first round of the playoffs to go sightseeing, okay? Oh, we're in the playoffs. Ah, no. I want to win a series. And I think OG Ananobi will help us do just that, and that's why the Knicks need to make the move. Um, with OG, I've been following OG for a while now. You know, I've been heard that he was a uh, he, he was very very injury prone, so he he was always hurt a lot. But this year, you know, I've heard you know pretty much I heard I heard a lot of good things about him. Heard that he's a good defender. You know, I've seen games where like you know he did his thing. You know, from you know both sides of the court. Um, to answer that question directly, could OG put a team over the top? I'll only say like to a contenders contenders team like milwaukee bucks um milwaukee the knicks i would say the knicks too um if dallas did not did what what they did i believe that he could definitely plug in right in dallas with luca and kyrie irving um i just felt like og he's one of those guys if you guys are going for a deep playoff run i believe that he could be a good contributor especially especially on the on the defense side of the ball you know he's definitely gonna try hard and with his wingspan his length you know, he definitely could guard anyone between the one to the four. Uh, he struggled a little bit against people in the five, but, you know, for the most part, you know, he does his thing. I just believe that, you know, to whatever that you plan to give up for him, it's definitely it's definitely going to diminish. It's definitely going to diminish what Zay said. You know, with that Kyrie Irving trade, is like, shoot, if the Nets could get, could get back peanuts for Kyrie Irving, what do you think the Raptors probably might do? So I just think that the value of it probably will go down. But, you know... He's definitely like he's definitely a good contributor to a contender team, contenders only. I think for me, and this is my last point on this, right? I think when you talk about another deal that I've heard, you know, about the Knicks and Obi Toppin and Evan Fournier for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, a trade like Ooh. that. I saw that over the weekend. Um, if we can pull the trigger on that, because we're not really using Obi Toppin. Evan Fournier, I mean, I understand he went off last night, but I mean, come on, my guy was married to the bench this yeah. year. If we can trade dad and have a guy like malik Beasley who can um give some scoring off the bench from the perimeter you also got jared vanderbilt you know give you some size mitchell robinson is hurt right now i think that would be a decent deal along with the og ananobi deal to just kind of help improve the team gradually right i understand we're not going to get that home run right now that's unrealistic in my observations so just marginally gradually improving the roster is what i want us to do and my official last point here I think sometimes you have to overpay for the ceiling. And the Knicks mm -hmm. know that because they did so in Jalen Brunson. Everybody was like, overpay, overpay, overpay. Why are you giving him that money? He didn't accomplish nothing yet. We overpaid, but we knew the ceiling was there. And I'm glad we overpaid. I, I, I really feel like we are happy that we overpaid. And I can't even use that word overpaid now because he should have been an all-star. Sometimes Ooh. you have to overpay for the ceiling. OG Ananobi is still young. He can still continue to get better offensively to complement his defense. And so sometimes you have to go out on a limb and overpay for the ceiling. Do just that if we can. Real quick, I just want to comment on that. Uh, Malik Beasley, I he's somebody I call a coke artist. 
meaning that man does not play good basketball. The man just does whatever he wants. He's a high volume shooter, doesn't take good shots, takes very a lot of contested shots. Um, if we're gonna go get somebody like that, we might as well get Jordan Clarkson opposed to him. I don't want Malik Beasley personally. I think Malik Beasley is an overrated player. I think he hustles on defense, but he also makes a lot of bad plays. He is he's a, a guy who was a negative impact on every basketball team he plays on. He had one good year when he had his 20 a game, but that was because he took so many damn shots that he was a no regard to his teammates. It was empty stats at that point. They were losing games because he was putting up so many numbers because he has no regard to his teammates around him, who's open, who's not open, uh, who, who's in front of him. You know, I think Malik Beasley, Jordan Vanderbilt, I like a lot. He's a guy who also is a guy who plays hard. But Malik Beasley is a guy I do not want on my basketball team. He's already – we already got enough guys who can score the basketball as it is. I don't need Malik Beasley taking it upon himself to do what he thinks is the right play. He has a very low IQ. The man does not play good basketball whatsoever. Is he talented? Sure. But so is, so is a lot of people in the NBA. But I don't think Malik Beasley is a guy that I'm willing to trade Obi Toppin for. Like, I just personally don't want him. I'd rather keep Evan Fournier, to be completely honest, than trade for Malik Beasley. Beasley is a guy, you can look at his highlight tape. The man takes a lot of terrible shots. And I'm talking about his positive plays. The guys, when he's making bad, he takes a lot of terrible shots. He's somebody I do not want on my basketball team. You already cooked him when we went to Utah. I don't even need to see him again in the New York uniform. Please do not trade for him, New York. Please. Please do not trade for Malik Beasley. Keep him in Utah. Please. Claire, we know how Zay feels about that. But go ahead, Coach. Uh, in terms of OG... Would you guys give up RJ for OG? Nah. You wouldn't do it? Nah. You sure? Even nah. Like you said, the ceiling. Would you would you um, would you pay for the, the ceiling? ceiling? The ceiling is both ways because I know I've come hard on RJ Barrett, right. you know, but I still think the ceiling is the ceiling conversation involves him too. It's just like a patient game. I think we'll quickly say, I think the problem here, really, the main problem is Coach Thibodeau. And I understand Coach Thibodeau has his good and his bad. You know, um, he has developed players in the past. We can say that. I understand he gets a bad label when it comes to player development. He developed Derek Rose. He developed RJ Barrett last year. He developed Julius Randle into a, you know, all-star, you know, on a couple occasions, a guy that, you know, was forgotten in the NBA on the Lakers. So he can develop guys, but we all know he's like that stale milk in the fridge that is always going to expire at some point. And when RJ Barrett got benched, and listen, you got to be patient with him. I actually think it would be better to bring OJ and Anobi because now OG is going to be at the at the three. And now RJ Barrett could go back to the two, where I think he's most effective shooting guard. Oh, makes sense. Um, you know, I'm a big RJ Barrett fan. I thought his fourth year would be the year he explodes. He becomes a player of a high caliber, all-star caliber. Um but it may be a time where we look at R.J. Barrett and say he cannot play under Coach Thibodeau in his New York Knicks team as a third option. Um, he's a guy who's behind Brunson, behind Randall, and it's very difficult for any guy to be a top three pick and flourish when you're sitting behind two other guys who needs the ball in their hands first um, and R.J. Barrett becoming basically a, a, a spot-up shooter that's getting paid $30 million a year. Um, at that point, that's when I say I look at O.J. Ananobi and I say maybe – Trading RJ for OG makes sense because it's not that we're developing RJ to be a number one scoring option or to be the top scoring option on the basketball team. We're developing him to be a, a scorer once Brunson and Randall are stuck and they can't score the basketball and they can't go isolation because RJ Bear right now is commanding the bench unit. That's not uh, that's not what you pay a thirty million dollar a uh, year guy for. You know you don't pay him thirty million a year 
to command the bench unit, the second unit. So at that point, that's when you look at OG and Anobi and say maybe a trade for OG and RJ makes sense because what we're having RJ do is not complementing his skill set, is not complementing him to develop as a star player in the league, nor is it helping the Knicks um, flourish to try to win multiple playoff series and hopefully get to an NBA championship. At that point, that's when you make the look and say maybe you trade RJ for OG because we're not putting RJ or themselves in the best situation to win. I disagree, Loki. I see the points where you're coming from. But I think for me, if you can get OG and Anobi, then don't include RJ in the deal. You can save RJ for another trade. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, because you have the picks. They want three first round picks. I'm fine. If they want to give them the picks, give them the picks. I'll keep RJ because that's our piece. That's our foundational piece to bring in another deal of another high caliber player, possibly an all-star, right? So we want to keep our assets and try to bring in OJ Ananobi. And when I talked about the second unit and how RJ Barrett moves mainly with the second unit, now Quentin Grimes going to that second unit. Now there's floor spacing and it's easier for RJ to operate off that second unit. Makes sense. I get it now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to halftime here on the show because it's going down in the second half. You know why we're here. You know why we dressed up. We ain't dressed up to talk hoops. We can talk hoops any day. Okay, off air, whatever. We dressed up for a reason. The 99 Part Awards is coming in a few minutes, and we're going to get y'all ready in a couple seconds. Listen to this flashback clip, and we're going to make it do what it do because that's what we do. Keep it locked. 